It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Guessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on Monday, October 28th. Uh, still after the LA Galaxy's elimination from the MLS Cup playoffs by LAFC. So uh, we're, we're looking past that a little bit. If you want to go back and you want to relive some of that, go hang out with Eric and I from our Friday show. Uh, a lot of people listen to that. Hopefully that'll help you uh, move on a little bit. And we want to get more to what the Galaxy did in the 2019 season. We want to talk about some of the broad strokes, things that may affect the LA Galaxy in the offseason and still no real off-season news to sort of uh, figure out yet, but we'll have that uh, whenever it comes about. All right, in order to help me talk about the LA Galaxy, uh, it's the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, did you say this thing is on video? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, you're not there. I mean, oh, you're, well, that's good. Yeah. That's good, but where, where would it be? On, on YouTube. We're, we're oh, on YouTube oh, all the time. YouTube. I'm waiting for this whole internet thing to blow over. Yeah, you think it's it's about time for it to be done? It's a huh? fa- it's a fad. It's a fad. It's going to go away. I know. Certainly. Certainly. I it's, think for it's not like the technology right here in my office. The technology I have, I have a record player. Yes. Typewriter. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a that's old school. I was going to say a, a, a typewriter and a record player. That's you know. Yeah, I- you did, kids get off my lawn. Did you know records, by the way, vinyl itself are, is is scheduled to outsell CDs this year, which probably doesn't surprise anybody, but maybe it does surprise you uh, whenever somebody actually says it out loud. But CDs will be outsold by vinyl this year. Back to the future. There we go. See, that's how it is. Uh, Pat Oswalt, Oswalt has a great uh, sort of sketch on uh, on Back to the Future and and pitching that story and how that n- how nobody ever questioned the fact that Marty McFly and Doc Brown were like best friends even though their age difference like how did they meet and nobody knows right do we really General know pa- General Patton They're... I like Patton Oswalt um, so anyway so that's what we got um, let's talk about the LA Galaxy here uh, it's, let's the, the, let's, do that. let's let's at least try uh, the LA Galaxy, it seems like, will have exit interviews next week. So not this week, Kevin. It seems like everybody's going to take this week off uh, and then reconvene next week. So we should have more information from the LA Galaxy, uh, a whole bunch of sound bites from guys as the exit interviews come about. Uh, certainly the rumor mills have started to stir up a little bit, and that includes guys like Oriel Antuno. We've talked about Efrain Alvarez, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, lots of people saying that, uh, you know, possibly uh, he could go back to Napoli or at least least back to Italy. I, I think there's some in Brazil that are trying to lure Zlatan down to Brazil as well. So um, lots of stuff. We'll get to talk a little bit about that here a little bit. But it's it's my my main goal for today, Kevin, uh, is to sort of go over and, and look at this LA Galaxy team, a team that if you look on, you know, in terms of points and in terms of paper and how it goes is only about three points different than what they were in 2018. Now, in 2018, they missed the playoffs. In 2019, they make the playoffs, win a playoff game. Uh, In my mind, at least, Kevin, it feels like my eyes have told me that this 2019 team is better than the 2018 team. Do you agree with that? Yeah, well, first of all, you you interrupted my interruption. I was going to ask you... um, why exit interviews next week? I mean, I, I I think there's a contractual thing that players have to stay in market. Um, they actually I think they were supposed to they're supposed to train as well, but they're supposed to stay in market for a certain number of days. But I mean, the Galaxy have nothing coming up. No. Why, why can't guys like Antuna and 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 Jonah go back to Mexico, or why can't Rolf go back to Europe? I, I don't understand why they need to stay. Why the exit interviews have been put off that long? But to, to answer your question, yeah, it does feel like. Progress is made, perhaps slight progress. It's a starting point. I feel like a foundation was built. We know that GBS is is going to remake this team. He and Dennis, they have a blueprint. Dennis has talked about a two to possibly three year plan to make this happen, and I think we saw the very very beginning of it. Um, I think it was hampered a little bit by Salatan's presence because he doesn't play the kind of style that that Guillermo wants to play. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but you know, it, it's interesting. We saw, you said that the, the record seems a little similar to last year. Certainly the number of goals given up uh, very high again, but a couple of things, you know, the, the 16 wins, that's the most wins galaxy team has had since 2014, which was the last time they made MLS cup. Now we're in the midst of the longest drought in galaxy history. This is now five seasons since the team has played in an MLS cup final. Uh, that's the longest they've ever gone. 
And when you talk about Dennis and Guillermo trying to rebuild things, um, look back at what happened, um, you know, the last MLS Cup mm -hmm. five years ago. That was that was Bruce's team. And you talk about Bruce as a coach and you think about, you know, that's how they won the MLS Cup. Bruce was also the general manager uh, and the guy that did all the player uh, acquisitions and all that stuff that's fallen to Chris Klein and, and Jovan and others. And I think you can really look at the the huge difference in the quality of players that that came into the system after Bruce left and what the Galaxy were trying to win with. And I think that's where Dennis and Guillermo are probably making their biggest difference. Uh, it seems like they've gotten much better at the kind of talent acquisition that the Klein group just uh, was not able to ever nail down. Yeah, I mean, the quality of players, certainly, I think you have to look at guys like, you know, Uriel Antuna. Uh, you have to look at guys like Joe Corona, who came into this, Diego Polenta. Pavone. Yeah, Pavone. Yeah. Uh, why, why, why miss the most obvious one? But yes, um, you know, for Pavone there. Um, you, you, you look at that, and you have to say that, you know, the eye test, again, it sort of says that the Galaxy were a more talented team in 2019 than they were in 2018. They're playing in, I think, a more competitive Western Conference in 2019 than they were in 2018. Um, so all those things, despite the fact it was just three points different, 51 points in 2019, 48 points in uh, 2018, uh, you have to say that the Galaxy advanced. They took a step forward. Was it a giant step forward, Kevin? I don't know if it was a giant step forward. And by the way, if you're, uh, if you're tracking... Uh, how many days it's been since the last MLS Cup? It was 1,786 days, only because I have a countdown thing on my uh, on my little thing here. The good news is that the Galaxy's last playoff game, which we were tracking, um, and I think was about four, four, 300 or 400 days different than their last uh, MLS Cup game, uh, is now the last playoff game was played just four days ago, whenever you, uh, whenever you count this uh, little countdown tracker. So uh, they, the Galaxy reset that, that tracker there um, and now can, can sort of look forward. Um, you know, sort of the, the way this team was built, though, Kevin, was, yeah, I don't know, I don't think it's a little different. It feels a little different than some of these other teams. Uh, we talked about it while it was happening, but, you know, obviously, uh, South American players, a heavy contingent of South American players brought in by uh, Dennis DeClosa, a, a heavy contingent of international players. The Galaxy finished the season, I think, with 10 or 11 international players. Uh, one of them was sent down to LA Galaxy 2 to eventually be 10, so the Galaxy are out there searching if they bring everybody back exactly the same, which we don't expect them to they'd be out there searching for two or three international slots again um to be able to put everything here on uh you know in 2019 or excuse me in 2020 uh put it back the same way and so they are relying heavily on international players and and that's going to be i think one of my big keys for this offseason is how did the galaxy infuse some of the domestic talent in mls and it's not a matter of domestic versus international it's a matter of the league allocating a certain number of international players within the league. So um, each team gets eight uh, players, which means that the number of international players will increase by 16 this next year as two more teams come in, uh, Nashville and Miami. They'll come in, but basically the ratio should stay the same in terms of domestic to international players. So the league mandates a certain number of uh, international or uh, domestic players um, basically have to be on rosters because they limit the number of international players. Um, so having said all that, you know, does Dennis, do Dennis and Guillermo uh, possess the ability to scout within the league, not just outside of the league? I think outside of the league, they're well positioned for me. Um, I think Dennis has a bunch of contacts and he talks about it, you know, contacts in Europe, uh, contacts in, in Mexico, in South America and Central America. I mean, he's well placed to bring in the international talent. For me, my biggest question mark starts sort of circles around the domestic talent and how important that would be uh, to this L.A. Galaxy team in 2020. Well, I think the international game, though, is really where things are. And if you look at the Galaxy, you talk about the number of South American players. And, and that is a big change. And I talk about that blueprint that Dennis and Guillermo have. Last year, the Galaxy did not have a South American. I, I do not count Roth Felcher who, as who, South American. Who was born in Switzerland? <laughs> who was born in Switzerland, right? Isn't that where? Yeah. yeah. So, so I, yeah, I don't count him as a South American, although he does play for Venezuela. But um, that's where the league is going. Um, and, and MLS is changing, and it's changing quickly. If you look at the final four this year, the two uh, conference finals, all um, expansion teams. The oldest team is Toronto, and they came in the league in, in 2007. Then you have uh, Seattle, 2009. Uh, Atlanta is three years old. LAFC is two years old. It used to be that the playoffs were dominated by the legacy teams, by the Galaxies and and DC United and uh, you know Red Bulls, and and now it's now that's not the case anymore. And the league is changing. And then if you look at 
the motors driving these new teams in Atlanta. What do you have? You have P- Pity Martinez. You have Yosef Martinez. Um, you have Ladero in in Seattle. You have uh, you know Rossi and 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 uh, Tuesta and and uh, you know a lot of the South American Pasagoda uh, playing for LAFC. So it, in a sense, the Galaxy getting into the the Latin American market, especially the South American market, it's important, and that's where the league is going. They just got a late start on it, but. Um, do they have to get better at scouting the league? Yeah, you know, but the, the great thing is, is Guillermo and, and uh, Dennis, they're products of the league. They they started in the league at, at an important part in their career. They went away. They came back to understand the structure. Yeah, the league has changed a little bit, but I don't think that is as big an issue. I don't think getting uh, attuned to what's going on in the league and scouting the league is as important as the context that they bring outside the league because that's where the league is going. Yeah, well, of course it's going that way, but there's some there's you said there's a finite amount of international players you can bring in. So the Galaxy going above and beyond is really counting on other teams not using their full allocation of international players, right? Because they have to go get players from somewhere else, or they have to go get those slots from somebody else. If everybody used all eight of their international players, the Galaxy would not be able to dress, you know, ten international players. Um, and that's sort of where this comes in in terms of making the complete team. If you look, and, and listen, people were just tracking it. They just showed the uh, the MLS Best 11, um, which came out and was voted on by somebody. I don't, I, you didn't vote, did you? It, were, were you? I, I, you know, I was asked to vote on that stuff, and I didn't want to because you have to vote on the full slate of awards. I mean, I, I knew who I wanted for MVP and Coach of the Year and some of those awards, but uh, Newcomer of the Year, I knew who I wanted. But when you get, like, Best Defender of the Year and some of those, I didn't want to vote not really being educated. I didn't want to vote and cost someone potentially cost somebody an award because there are so few people that vote that, you know, in this case, one, it's not the electoral college. One vote really can make a difference. So to answer, that was a long way of answering your question. No, I didn't vote on that. Well, anyway, Zlatan Ibrahimovic got uh, named to the, uh, to the best 11 and, and that's how it is, but they've been tracking basically the number of domestic players on the MLS best 11. And now for three years in a row, the total number of domestic players has been three. So you're, you're absolutely right about the trend that is going on in Major League Soccer and has for a little while. And I think it's really interesting that it used to be if you were an expansion team, we knew you were going to struggle in the league, right? You knew the first couple of years you were probably going to struggle um, and that you're going to have to get your feet underneath you. And for some, that's true. And I think you could look at that and sort of say that their introduction to the league, somebody like Minnesota or an FC Cincinnati, uh, didn't use probably the uh, the the available money that they had and and the advantage that comes with the allocation money and not having any bad or poor contracts to their advantage. And they struggled through that and they're not going to get some of that immediate success. You look at the expansion teams like Atlanta and LAFC um, that have come in and been like, oh no, you know, this is, we realize that if we do things correctly, that we can be competitive very quickly. And again, pulling from the large pool of players from outside of the league. Um, can really make you a contender very quickly. And uh, I think Miami is going to definitely do that. I expect it, Miami to be very good right out of the box. And, and Nashville sort of feels like maybe they're a Cincinnati or maybe they're a, they're a Minnesota. Now, Minnesota has got its feet underneath it, finally. Um, and there's different circumstances and all this. I'm not trying to put just a blanket over all of these. Um, but, but, but bottom line is the expansion teams, if you do it correctly, um, gain an advantage from coming into the league. I think we've seen it now over the past couple of years with Atlanta, um, with LAFC, um, just in terms of if you do it correctly, you will be competitive immediately. Um, and not just immediately, but you may have not just competitive, you may have an advantage over people as well. I, I was talking, uh, I saw some fans talking about this well before the, the season sort of wrapped up and they were saying, you know, with the new system, remember, Kevin, they used to have to do a whole bunch of uh, expansion draft stuff, right? You would pick like 10 players, like 11 players would be picked for a team um, that was coming into the t- into uh, Major League Soccer, and that would basically be mean that you're pulling players from within the league to these other teams. Uh, and now, you know, you get, I think, you know, five players each, and then a whole bunch of allocation money to go out and buy what you need. Um, and so it's a it's a way different sort of uh, feel, especially now that we're going into 25 and 26 teams. It's a way different feel than what it was 
back in the day. And so the legacy teams now have sort of that burden of making sure that they don't have bad contracts. Uh, players, uh, teams like the LA Galaxy having to go through, you know, two years of, of drought of not really signing maybe the correct personnel or not having a team in place to guide them through that. And that's going to put them at a huge disadvantage to the teams that are coming into this league. You talk about Miami. Miami seems like they're a contender. Um, you know, from, and they haven't, they, I don't think they have a coach yet. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's like, you sit there and say with the right means you can develop a team and that's what the galaxy now have to adjust and look for. It's not just the fact that, you know, the galaxy haven't been back to MLS cup since 2014. It's the longest gap, Kevin. The bottom line is the league has gotten so much more competitive with so many more teams and a bunch of people competing for basically the, you know, the same airspace, whenever you think about it, um, that it has to be a well-thought-out and intricately planned team now. Um, and you can't, you know, you can't just have mistakes. You know, one of the mistakes that the Galaxy probably had this year was having somebody like Juninho on the roster. Now, everybody loves Juninho. He's great. But that dude didn't play. That dude didn't play at all. And so that's a roster spot. That's money that's being used up and not being, and, and is worth nothing. Um, basically for the entire year. So, I mean, these are the types of things you have to minimize. And that's where I think the charge for Dennis DeClosa and Gabriel Barish-Colota are going to come for 2020. Well, and you want you want some more challenges? Yeah. You know, things have been advanced a little bit, accelerated, I guess is a better term, with some of the off-season stuff. It's going to happen much earlier this year, expansion draft and having to tender contracts and all that. All that is going to happen under the current collective bargaining agreement. That expires on January 31st. Um, that means the teams are going to go into next season in February, which starts in February, if it starts on time. And there seems to be a, a building consensus that it may not start on time. But I, I think the new CBA is going to have a lot of changes in it. For one thing, the union does not like the idea of TAM money. They like the money. They just don't like all the rules that come with it. You have a situation where TAM money can only be used in certain uh, situations. So uh, you know, the best example I can come up with is something that has plagued uh, Stephen Bettisor, the LAFC defender, for years now. He's had to move teams every two seasons when his contract runs out because he's deserving of a raise, but the teams don't see him as being a TAM player. So he's stuck at about 235 240 for his salary. Other players are getting twice as much because they they come in as TAM players. Um, so the union wants to – the union says, look, if there's going to be a pool of money – Label it whatever you want, but it's still money that we can use to sign players. Everybody should be able to compete for that money. And the union is going to push really hard for that. They're going to push for free agency, um, and they're going to push for charter flights. Those are the th three things they're really looking at. And if the TAM money, both uh, you know targeted and general allocation money, if, if that goes away, that's going to change the way rosters are constructed. For some teams, it's going to be much better. For others, it may be worse. But it's going to change the thinking. So you have a lot of teams, the Galaxy included, going into this offseason, needing to make a lot of moves and really not knowing what kind of mechanisms are going to have to do that. Yeah, it's one of the things. I talked to Dennis about it whenever he came on the show. Um, you know, I said, does that hurt you? He goes, yeah, it does. He goes, but really, we have to plan like, you know, none of that stuff is going to affect us because how do you, you can't sit around, Kevin, you can't sit around and do nothing um, because you have stuff to do. We know that the galaxy will have to offer contracts to people and they'll have to pull options away from people. And that's going to happen here. You know, basically it all has to be done. I, I think the day or two after uh, MLS cup. Um, so all that stuff has to happen before, you know, uh, up to that date. So these decisions are being made right now. We talk about the galaxy, you know, sort of being in an off time right now. And bottom line is Dennis DeClosa and probably Guillermo Barros-Coloto are in an office making these decisions. And granted, they probably already made some of these decisions, Kevin. They probably already have some of this figured out. But to understand the long-term ramifications of these, they have no idea because they don't know what mechanisms they'll be to re-sign some of these guys. They don't know, um, you know how they're going to be able, what the salary cap is even going to be. So trying to negotiate all these, and I wouldn't be surprised if players' agents are saying we're not negotiating right now. We're waiting till the CBA gets finished because that's probably means more money. Um, you have to imagine that the that the, uh, that the salary cap is going to be raised. I think they might have some success in getting rid of Tam. I think that teams are looking for more flexibility. I think that owners might want to allow their general managers more flexibility because Tam is too subjective. Major League Soccer gets a determination on whether or not a player is uh, worthy of you know the targeted allocation money. 
uh, rulings. And as we saw with, uh, who was it? It was Onstat, the, the goalkeeper. He wanted a raise. He couldn't get a raise because MLS said, well, you're not worth TAM, so we're not going to let you get TAM. But he's, but he's like, but... Here I am, I played all this. People want to pay me this. Teams want to pay me this amount of money, but the league is determined that I'm not worth that. And so I think that, you know, the more we advance past uh, or, or deeper into single entity, you're starting to see teams butt heads with each other. Uh, you see owners butt heads with each other in terms of where they want this league to go and how they want to grow it. And I think for Dennis DeClosa and Guillermo Barrescoloto, where if you look at the roster and you see some of the players that could or could not be on this roster next year, uh, there's a sizable chunk that you could make a good argument with of uh, players not coming back. Well, and, and let's just, when you, I think this mostly hurts domestic players and you, you can come up with any examples you want, but let's, let's just assume for the sake of argument that Daniel Steris and, and Giancarlo Gonzalez are of equal value to the, to the galaxy. Um, Steris had a great season. Giancarlo is a, a, a world cup player. Uh, you know, center back, who's going to get the TAM money? Who's going to get the bigger contract? Even though we, we've decided that they're roughly of equal value, you know, Steris is the one that's going to wind up with the short end of the stick every time. And, and the Galaxy, the MLS salary structure is set up to reward Giancarlo Gonzalez over Daniel Steris. Yeah, you know, you're you're right. I mean, and that's sort of where you have to see. Now, I, you know, just in case we're being we're talking about him, Dan Steris seems like he's out of contract. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in negotiations right now. And if I'm Dan Steris, I'm putting a big number up there saying, you owe me this money. Uh, I have been underpaid for X number of time. I mean, another guy like that is going to be like a Dave Romney. Dave Romney now has come in and saved this team, quote unquote, saved this team. And again, uh, again, third year in a row. Started down the stretch whenever everybody's like, oh, no, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. And then starts every game in the most important section of these teams. I mean, you know, if you're Dave Romney, how are you not sitting out there saying, I deserve a raise? Um, you know, I deserve the money. And by the way, I deserve a starting spot. Uh, whenever you do this, and you can you can say yes or you can say no. I mean, look at the case of of Dan Steris and Dave Romney. Look at them collectively. Uh, look at them separately. However you want to do it. Dan Steris was going to be replaced by People Gonzalez as soon as People Gonzalez got on the field. Remember, Kev? We were, we were talking about that. We're like, their reason they went out and got People is to replace Dan Steris. We all knew it. And Dan Steris went out and played so well. Uh, should have, you know, possibly could have been a Defender of the Year if it wouldn't have been for Jonathan Dos Santos, who should have been Defender of the Year. But played so well that that Guillermo couldn't take him off the field. Um, played a bunch of games. I think he ended up playing 30 games this season. Uh, so if if you're Dan Steris, how are you not asking for more money? And you know if the if there the amount of TAM that's out there is just no longer issued as TAM, Kevin. Right? It's not. It doesn't. It isn't called TAM. It's just money available to players. Um, then Dan Steris should get a chunk of that. I'm not saying he gets you know a million dollars. But if you could say that you could pay Dan Stairs another, you know, $75,000, $100,000, is that worth it? Where before you might have a restriction on that amount of money because TAM has to be used for a specific thing. Uh, and the league gets to say whether or not you get to use it for that. And, and I think it winds up because you have to use it in certain ways. I think it, it, some players like Jermaine Jones or, or even Yella Van Damme seems to me, and, and Shelvick this year, seems to me like they got overpaid because – the TAM regulation said you have to come in over the salary and you can use so much money. And it just seems like those people got overpaid. The teams were throwing money at some players because of the TAM uh, or, or allocation money guidelines where other players like a Romney and Asteris, they were the nickels were getting squeezed for them because they had to fit under the salary cap without any allocation money. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, and then you you know go back to you talked about Dan. You go back to Dave Romney. You know Dan Steris. I think proved throughout this stretch that he deserves to be on the field a bunch for the LA Galaxy. Uh, Dave Romney probably has that same argument. I don't know how you can sit there and say, oh, Dave Romney didn't deserve to be. He how many defenders were on this team, Kevin? Uh, a bunch of defenders were on this team, and who ended up starting those last games? Dave Romney did. Um, do you think Dave Romney did enough? To, to to be coming back with the LA Galaxy because I, I feel like there would be other teams that want him. I think he did, but I think he, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure what the reason was, but Guillermo never really seemed to take a liking to him. I don't know whether it was a personal thing, whether he didn't like the way he played. It seemed to me that Dan did everything he wanted, and even when he put him on outside back, which is not Dan, Dan's favorite position. Dave, uh, Dave, don't Dave, get Dave and Dan. Excuse me, I get them confused it's okay. sometimes. It's okay. 
it, not Dave's favorite position, but he played pretty well, uh, you know, it, being a winger. Um, and, and that's not what he does. So I think he did, as he did the last two years, he did everything he was asked. He At some point during the year, he played all four positions. Um, he didn't complain a lot that I heard of. So I, I do think that he deserves a chance to come back, but I don't think he will because I just think that for whatever reason, he was in Guillermo's doghouse and he's never gotten out. And uh, he's made it very clear the last couple of years that he wants a chance to go into the start of a season with a starting job. And, and if he loses it, he loses it, but he's never had that to lose. Yeah. And so I think he would he would benefit from uh, going somewhere else. And, and I think the team probably would be willing to give him that opportunity. Well, well, speaking of broad strokes, let's go over more of this roster. I mean, I think you and I both expect Jonathan Dos Santos to be back, and by all accounts, Jonathan Dos Santos has like a twenty-year contract with the LA Galaxy because every time yeah, it keeps it, it keeps expanding. It keeps expanding. Last, I think the last time we had actually heard about him and his contract, he said he had like another three years left. Uh, and was and that ju- no one in the front office knew that, which <laughs> was it, it, either they're lying or they're ignorant, and either one is not a good answer. So anyway, so Jonathan Dos Santos is back. Uh, of the other two designated players, though, I think there's big questions. We can talk about Zlatan here in a second, but Roman Alessandrini is is probably maybe even a, a bigger question mark than I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I've said forever Zlatan right now, or I haven't said forever, I said recently that Zlatan feels like 50-50 to me. It could go either way, and we can discuss whether or not we really think he's coming back or not, but with Roman Alessandrini, I think it's more a question of do you think he can stay healthy? Because if he can stay healthy, Roman Alessandrini could be a huge asset to this LA Galaxy team. You saw, uh, you know, little slivers of what he was able to do in limited time coming back off the bench in the playoffs. So, you know, is is that somebody you see with the LA Galaxy next year? Well, it, it, conversely, you know, when you look at Romney, um, Alessandrini is the other side of that coin. Guillermo really seems to like him, even though he didn't get to use him that much. There's, I think he likes the, the versatility, he likes the attacking nature, he likes what he does. Going, he's always on the front foot going forward. Uh, doesn't track back much on defense, which might be a problem. But I, I think Yuma would like to keep him for depth, if for no, no other reason, because the way that he's going to wind up playing, I think he needs a lot of midfielders. Uh, I think he would like to keep him, but not as a DP. Right. Uh, and that may work out because Allison Drini really doesn't have any other place to go. He likes L.A. He's talked about how much he likes being here. He likes being with the Galaxy. Um, his contract, I believe, was 1.9, somewhere around 1.9, which yep. uh, is not a huge contract, but I don't think the Galaxy are going to give him that much to come back, and they're certainly not going to give him a DP slot. So how motivated is he to come back? Would he take a significant uh, pay cut to come back? And there's a guy where perhaps the whole TAM money thing may you know, be the determining factor on whether or not he's back. Yeah, I mean, if you can spread out the money, if you're not, I mean, remember Tam's ceiling currently $1.5 million. You'd have to get him under the 1.5, which we talked about whenever they were deciding whether to keep uh, Giovanni Dos Santos and how that might work. Um, so Allison Drini could drop down to, you know, if you paid him a million, if you gave him Shelvick money, which we both agree uh, Jorgen Shelvick ain't coming back, that ain't happening. Um, so, you know, Jorgen Shelvick's going to open up a million dollars. Maybe you could move Ramon Alessandrini down to the Shelvick's hole, you know, for a million dollars. Does Ramon Alessandrini give you enough? He didn't this season. Um, he didn't give you enough this season, but if he's healthy, and then again, do you want to bet a million dollars, Kevin? Are you ready to bet a million dollars, Kevin, that Roman Alessandrini can stay healthy for next season? I, I, I mean, I think I think I would if I'm the Galaxy because he would be very valuable in that system. Um, the question is, does uh, that's essentially a fifty percent pay cut? Does Roman take that? I think he does because he wants to be here. And frankly, where else is he going to go? He's on the wrong side of thirty. He's got that injury history. He's not going back to France. Uh, so where does he wind up playing? I mean, this has got to be better than, uh, you know, going and playing in the Middle East somewhere. Um, he's not going to go to China. This is kind of like either he takes the the pay cut or, or he retires. And I, I think the team probably knows that. Yeah, it, it feels that way. Uh, we already talked about Jorgen Shelvik, who made a million dollars. He seems gone. Uh, Diego Polentas, that's probably, I imagine that he comes back. That doesn't seem like that's a stretch for him to come back. Um, and it's more than likely he has at least a one plus one contract, one year plus one option at the very least. Uh, you know, maximum, it's probably two years plus an option. So uh, Diego Polenta well, seems he- likely. Yeah. Here's one thing to look at with when you're looking at these guys. You know, Shelvick didn't even dress the last couple of games. Yep. Um, there are two classes of players now. There are the players that Guillermo and Dennis brought in. We're talking about Polenta, Gonzalez. I think those guys all come back. I thought Ga- Gonzalez actually had a terrible year, and I think if you look at the games he started in the record of the team, uh, I think that kind of proves that he had a bad year. And 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 look at the replays of three of the five goals in the LAFC game. You know, he was right in the middle of 
of plays not being made. So I don't think he had that good a year, but I do think that, it, but he's a World Cup player, and I think Dennis and Guillermo believe in him. They talked about him a lot before they brought him in. Same with Polenta. So I think those two guys are definitely back, even if you look at them and say, hey, you know, maybe they didn't live up to, to billing. And then I think Shelvick, and we've talked probably Romney too, those guys are out. Those are guys that, that uh, you know, the, the new regime inherited, and they're not wedded to those guys. A guy that kind of falls in between, because we, we're talking about defenders now, what about, um, what about Felcher? Yeah. He was a guy that proved valuable at times, but also struggled at times. I could see that one going either way. He does provide some value in the kind of system that Guillermo wants to play. He is an attacking uh, uh, outside back, you know, a winger. Um, but did he show enough to, to come back? That And that's an interesting one, too, because if you think about it, they denied his option last year in the offseason and then signed him to a lower contract, right? So this is a guy who they decided they could have gotten rid of, and we imagine that Dennis was still pulling the strings at that time, even though it was well before his announcement. Um, we know that Dennis was working in, the, in that front office, so Dennis decided that he was worth keeping. Um, at least last year, um, that went into this season. So he is, as you said, sort of in between. He feels like he falls in between those two. Uh, the Galaxy's biggest struggles are probably at outside back, so do you wipe the slate clean? Is Felcher uh, a depth one? He is a question mark. I don't think you can pin it either way. I wouldn't be surprised if the Galaxy uh, wrote him off, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Galaxy brought him back. Either of those because seem, seem they, perfectly capable. They do have options at that position. Araujo and, and Didi Traore could play that position. Then it may not feel like either one of them are completely ready, and so they keep they keep uh, Rolf uh, for insurance reasons. And, and he, he doesn't make a ton of money. He's going to probably be asked to take a slight pay cut again and, and wind up right around 200000 which is not all that much. He might be worth bringing back just, just for numbers, but – um, you're right. I mean, he's a guy that's on the bubble and it, that whole idea of who did we bring in and who do we inherit? I think that's going to play very heavily into who comes back and who doesn't. Well, and then it, it leads right back into the, the salary cap issue. How do you know how much you can pay these guys if you don't know what a salary cap is? Um, you know, all this stuff is being sort of negotiated in the blind, which is why I would expect that this is a slow developing year in terms of, you know, re-signing guys and negotiations and all sorts of things because it just doesn't seem like the Galaxy will be able to have that information in hand early. Maybe the Union and MLS get this figured out well beforehand, Kevin, which neither of us think is a possibility right now. Um, but maybe, you know, they've been having talks enough that it all makes sense. Um, some other guys that also fall into sort of question marks, you have to look at the loan guys as well. Fabio Alvarez, um, Uriel Antuna, both guys on loan. We talked about Antuna and Dennis DeClosa uh, mentioning, I think, to Fox Deportes, uh, basically saying that we have an option on Uriel. If anybody else wants him, we could we could then decide that we want him. Um and if that's the case, then, you know, we would have to pay for him. You know, is that a guy? I, I'm telling you right now, I would not buy Oriel Antuna. I like it. I like the kid. He's 22, 23 years old. Um, so he's he's in a sweet spot, and you would hope that he continues. And with his success on the international stage, I think that has driven the price up for him. Um, but having said all that, I don't know that Oriel Antuna is a difference maker for you. Um, he certainly started a lot of games. He showed he's young. He showed he has speed. Um, all things that the Galaxy need. But is that enough to risk, you know, a fairly sizable amount of money whenever you look at what it was involved sort of in the loan and everything else? Is that enough to 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 do that again? And that's a, that's a big question mark in terms of what the Galaxy... Because now you're talking about cash outlay too, Kev. If they have to, if they have to pay for Uriel Antuna, they're buying him outright. That's a whole nother issue. If it's above a certain amount of money, uh, you're talking about Oriol Antuna becoming designated player worthy or targeted allocation money worthy. Um, so those are bigger numbers and bigger things to sort of swallow than just having a guy on a loan. Well, I think the way that the Galaxy are probably going to look at it is um, without Zlatan, and I do believe he's gone, and we can talk about that a little bit, but... Um, under Guillermo, they're going to go to a 4-3-3. So in our back line, we would have Polenta and and Gonzalez, Steris, and I'm just going to say Romney, maybe Felcher. Mm -hmm. um, up front, who are you going to have? You're going to have um, Pavone for sure. And he'll probably play maybe, a, I guess he'd be a winger. But who are the other two guys you put up front? I mean, right now, I think I would probably put Fabio and Antuna just because I don't know who else to put up there. And then uh, Jonathan would be in the center of the midfield because he would – play that sort of box-to-box -box role, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, who do you put on the wings? I mean, Alison Drini would certainly fit in real nice there. 
uh, what happens to Sebastian Legette? Do you bring Perry Kitchen back or Joe Corona and try to use Jonathan in a different place? You know, Perry Kitchen looked like he was done until the last couple of games and he played so well. Um, you know, the last thought you have of a guy, the last uh, the vision you have of him, the last snapshot, that tends to linger going into an offseason. And his last two games were very good. Is it enough to forget all the things, that, all the injuries and things that went before? And then he's a guy that has a high price tag, and I don't think he's going to be willing to negotiate it down substantially. So they're going to have to pay him if they want to bring him back. That's that's always I've always thought the Perry Kitchen would come back. Um, I didn't. I don't think he's going to come back at the same price that he's at, which is about four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. To me, that's a two fifty, two seventy-five type of guy um, in my mind, and that's a significant pay cut. You might be right; he may not be willing. I don't know that anybody's going to be willing to take any pay cuts right now. Um, and again, without knowing what the salary cap is and knowing what the available pool of money is, I don't know how any of this stuff gets done. It hurts my head. Uh, yeah, I, I just think Roman and, and Felcher because I just don't see them having a whole lot of options. I could be wrong. I mean, may, maybe that the entire French league is talking to Roman. They all want him to come back. Um, but, you know, given what he made this year, I mean, they can't embarrass the Galaxy, can't embarrass the guy. They can't say, come back for 200000 for one tenth of what you got. So I think, you know, they could have done to a million. Is that too much, you know, given the salary cap? Maybe. But you, you, again, you're not going to embarrass a guy that you're going to be counting on. And I just think that he's motivated. And I just don't see I, – I don't know that what Perry's options would be. Right. Um, you know, it could be that he goes somewhere else and starts over. He could go to Miami. He could go to Miami. He could, he go, could to go to Nashville. Miami. You know, I mean, you, you're Kurt, looking at – Kurt Schmidt is in Miami. And he – you know, I, I would not be surprised if a number of Galaxy players at least talk to Miami because Kurt knows these guys. And he's one of the people in Miami that's in charge of putting this team together. He knows what's here. The talented players I think he's going to take a look at. I, I want to talk about a guy who I think was – a thousand percent underutilized and I don't remember if I talked about it on Friday um, certainly looking at the the vast majority of this year a guy who deserved a lot more minutes and didn't get him was Chris Pontius um, he went through some injuries did some things but I'll, I'll be honest with you if you go back and look I feel like if I'm in charge of the of the game last Thursday night I figure out a way to get Chris Pontius on the field. Uh, this is a guy who scored big goals in Major League Soccer, who scored big goals for the LA Galaxy, um, who has done stuff over and over again. He was underutilized this year, and I'm not sure why. With Ramon Alessandrini out, the easy answer was for Chris Pontius to be the backup to, to Uriel Antuna and to be a change from Uriel Antuna as well. Um, yeah, Antuna has the speed, um, but Pontius has the physical ability, and he knows how to score goals. This is a guy who, if I'm the LA Galaxy, I sit there and go, we want you back next year, and we're going to use you, and you're going to be an offensive sub, and we're going to bring you on, especially, Kevin, if you're talking about guys who... Um, if in a 4-3-3, you need the outside wings. You need an outside wing up top. You need an outside midfielder up top. Or, excuse me, an outside midfielder as well. So this is a guy like Chris Pontius who would come in and provide you some of that stuff in those offensive situations. But I don't know what's next for Chris Pontius. If you think about it, uh, a guy who I think is from Yorba Linda, um, you know, California here in, in, in the Southland, he is home right now. Uh, does he want to move at his age and do something else? And those yeah, are, he's thirty. He's going to be thirty-three next season. He's going to be. And, and by the way, I think he has a season of substitute appearances. Uh, you know, in still still ready for him. Maybe not. Maybe he's. Maybe he wants to go somewhere else. Maybe he wants to go somewhere else. Maybe he wants to call it a, a career as well. You're you're talking about a guy who's at the end. So all of these things sort of have to be discussed for Chris Pontius. But I think Guillermo didn't get it right. I think that Dennis and Guillermo missed this one on not util, utilizing Chris Pontius as much as they. They probably should have. Well, I, I I really believe this, and I've already talked about it. I probably talked about it too much, but I really do think that there is a prejudice, and it's understandable. The guys that they brought in, they they brought them in with visions and and hopes and uh, an idea of how to utilize them, and those guys are going to get every extra opportunity. And and Pontius was a guy they inherited, and they maybe not sure what to do with him. Didn't trust him. He's not one of their guys, quote unquote. Um, I, I do agree with you that he deserves a, a chance to be brought back, but I, I think Guillermo talked about this when they had to play that uh, that uh, tournament with the Mexican teams, um, where that was a tournament that Guillermo wasn't aware that was going to uh, exist when he put his roster together. And he talked about how doing it next year, meaning 2020, he was going to do it a little bit differently. They do have MLS. They're going to have the League's Cup. They're going to have... Um, a U.S. Open Cup. I think Guillermo is going to be a little bit smarter about putting together a deeper roster, and I think people that's going to help people like Pontius, maybe Joe Corona, people that 
maybe they're not looking maybe they don't fit into their uh, first choice 433 but they're solid guys they're good character guys they're good locker room guys they're veterans what you're absolutely right about Pontius coming into a playoff game like that was not going to be flustered um, those are guys that I think could be valuable uh, to give the team depth that help out on the MLS level but primarily to, to to be the guys that carry the team in these other tournaments uh, you go down, and now you start getting into some of the other uh, other you know names. We talked about Sebastian Lejet. I expect him to be back next year. I, I don't think the Galaxy are going to send him off somewhere. I think that he was good down the stretch. I think if they find the right place for him, that Sebastian Lejet could be um, you know as dangerous as, as I think we've all seen him be at times. Uh, I wonder if this year helped him get back on track, though, Kev. Um, I wonder if this was the year that people were expecting from him after the injuries last year, after everything that sort of you know didn't really take off. Uh, for him the way that I think we were all expecting it to. Uh, did this year, in your mind, get Sebastian Lejet back on track? I'm just not sure that he has a position. He played pretty well in the center, central midfield there at the end when they decided that was his home. Um, but they played, a, again, played a different type of formation. If they go to the 4-3-3, does he become a winger up on the on the front line, on the forward line? does Where does he play in midfield? He's not going to play in the center because I think that's where Jonah would play. Yep. So I don't know that uh, – I think that's one of the things they'd have to find a position for him. Perhaps up front uh, on the forward line at, and on one of the wings might be the place where he goes. Domestic talent uh, with Sebastian Legette, the same as Joe Corona. Domestic talent, in my mind, you don't get rid of those guys. Um you, you make it work. I think Seba could play out on the right-hand side. Um, I think he could play on the left-hand side. So I think he's played in those winger positions before. Bruce Arena played him in those positions. Um, so he could, in that midfield, be one of those guys. You know, Fabio Alvarez is, is another one that we've sort of kicked around whether or not he seems like a guy who would come back, not just because uh, the LA Galaxy and, and Guillermo Barrascoleto seem to, seem to like him, um, but also for the fact that He's great. He's like best friends with Christian Pavone. And if you're trying to keep Pavone happy and you're trying to keep everything going, you know, what does Fabio Alvarez, um, you know, really cost you in the, in the long term? 586250 uh this season, which seems maybe like he's a little overpaid. But how much of that is loan and everything else? So uh, bringing him back might be an important thing. But you get into like the the Tomas Hilliard Arces, uh, Julian Araujo, where he seems to be uh, future-proofed, uh, Efrain, Al- uh, Efrain Alvarez, who you say, well, of course they bring him back. Well, I, from the rumors we've been hearing, one, uh, Europe seems to be calling for him, um, and two, it sounds like his contract may be up. Um, so as a homegrown player, his contract doesn't hit the salary cap, which is good, so the Yellow Galaxy can afford to splash cash on him to keep him, but... Is that best for what's the development of Efrain Alvarez and with Dennis DeClosa being all about development and all about understanding, you know, what's best for the player and what's best for the team? Is Efrain Alvarez uh, the future of this LA Galaxy team? But remember, Dennis brought him into the Mexican program. I was one of the people that brought him in. He has a long history with him and believes in him. Um, there were times, you know, I, I went back and forth on him all year. There were times when he seemed to be just a brilliant talent. And then other times when he seemed to be very lackadaisical, he didn't seem like he was really applying himself. So I don't know if there are problems there. Um, Dennis knows him better than anybody. It would be, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with him because if Dennis isn't motivated to bring him back, that should tell whatever team he's going to that they have some issues because there's no one that's been in his corner uh, more than Dennis. What, what about goalkeeper? What do you do with, uh, with Bingham? I mean, it, it, he had a, 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 a good year, a great year at, at times. He seemed to play very well. He seemed to struggle at times. He had faced a ton of shots, faced the most shots on goal in the league and made the most saves. Um, but he seems shell-shocked at times too. Yeah, um, I, I think shell-shocked from all the shots. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, $375,000 for David Bingham. An average goalkeeper salary for a starting goalkeeper, maybe a little bit on the high side. Um, you know, are you going to be able to go out and as so many people have, have, you know, hinted at, or go out and get an international goalkeeper? Um, again, with the number of international slots that are out there, I still think the Galaxy team will struggle to get all of them underneath, um, you know, sort of their international cap and what they'll do with them. Um, so in my mind, David Bingham has been a perfectly uh, acceptable goalkeeper in Major League Soccer. Uh, he probably won you some games. He probably lost you some games. And it, all in all, I think he's a slightly above average goalkeeper. I don't know that that means you go out and try to find somebody else, though, Kevin, because sometimes I think that anybody else you're bringing in could be worse. You're going to have to know that you for sure have somebody better than David Bingham if you go out and bring anybody else in. Um, yeah, I think using an international slot on a goalkeeper, that just is not the way MLS has, has worked. Goalkeepers have almost always been American. Goalkeepers and defenders 
have been Americans. They've been domestic players. And then the attackers have been the foreign players that you spend a lot of money on. But a couple of players that we, we haven't talked about, you mentioned Juninho. I, I don't think there's any question that he does not come back. He's gone. Another guy, Servando Carrasco, um, you know, for what they paid him, somewhere around 65000 70000 um, it was very useful. He was a good practice player, very good clubhouse guy. He, he, he played some very, very important minutes, uh, didn't get a lot of starts. Um, it, there's a lot of reasons why you might want to bring him back, especially at that price. But I think, again, at that price, uh, with his wife, Alex Morgan, expecting a baby in April, I think Servando probably becomes a little more valuable to the family as a Mr. Mom. Uh, raising the baby, I'm not sure that uh, the Galaxy are going to be able to talk him into coming back. He had told me earlier in the year that he was thinking that this might be his last year for family reasons as well. So especially if Alex is going to go back and play in Orlando, Servando's not going to want to have the family be bi-coastal again with a baby. So I, I think Servando Carrasco's probably gone. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, listen, we've talked about most of the people, uh, Emil Cuella, they, we're starting getting down to, you know, the guys who, who really flip a coin, they stay, they stay, they go, it doesn't really matter all that much, and uh, they don't cost all that much money. Uh, Christian Bavone coming back to the Galaxy op- option the buy right away. I wouldn't. You have them on loan, and it seems likely that uh, you have the option to use that loan, uh, unless all of a sudden, you know, Boca gets a gigantic offer for him and you need to go in and, and and make that option, which, by the way, I know it's been reported as being $20 million, Kevin, but you have reported that it's much less than that, according to Dennis DeClosa, right? Yeah, when I brought that figure up to Dennis, he just burst out laughing. And I, I'm like, what? Is it even close? He goes, it's not anywhere close to that. Okay, so there, so just to put it in frame of mind, so if the Galaxy have to go out and spend some money on Christian Pavone, um, they can do that, and they can make him a designated player, and he becomes a designated player anyway. Uh, the big question mark, I, I guess, you know, certainly the 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 back and forth of, of Roman Alessandrini is interesting, but it's a Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Kevin. I mean, where do we... Uh, I said I think he's 50-50. I don't think he knows the answer yet, or maybe he does know the answer, and he's just not sharing. Um, you know, where do you think Zlatan Ibrahimovic is for this LA Galaxy team? I think he's gone, and for and there's a number of reasons that that lead me to think that. One, I know the gesture that he made coming off the field at LAFC had been interpreted and misinterpreted and interpreted different ways. Some people said he was laughing as he grabbed at his crotch. It, maybe he was, and maybe he meant it in a lighthearted thing. It's really hard to tell with Zlatan, but... I don't think you make that gesture unless you've already decided that the door is closed behind you. Whether you're kidding or not, I don't think you make that kind of gesture on national television. And surely he knew he was on national television. So I think he had made up his mind before that. Um, his comments about the league and about the the style of play and the and the referees and VAR, it got more and more pointed as the year uh, went along. You know, at the end of the season, he really couldn't even say a, a you know a kind word about MLS. I think he was disappointed at the level or surprised at the level of competition. Uh, I think he he did find it at times to be a little bit too easy. And by the way, I think he was the most dominant player in league history. When he wanted to win a game, and I know he didn't win every game he played, but when he w- applied himself and wanted to win and wanted to play, you know, you couldn't stop him. But I, I just think that he's worn out his welcome. Uh, I've heard a lot of talk about he is not the most popular player in the clubhouse, that there are some guys that he – uh, road all season long, and there will be there, there will not be a, a a tear shed if Zlatan decides to clean out his locker and move on. Um, but man, he's meant a lot to the league. He's brought a lot of attention to the league. He brought a lot of fun to the league. You know, he's kind of in, in a lot of ways he was like Robbie Keane, very intense, very driven, selfish if you want to call it that. Um, maybe confidence a better word. But where Robbie Keane was was hyper serious all the time. Zalata was a breath of fresh air. Sure, a lot of the stuff he said was over the top, but he meant it that way, and he was just a lot of fun. So he may not have been the most popular guy in the dressing room, but I think he did an awful lot for the league to bring attention and and uh, a little bit of star power, a little bit of fun back to soccer. If that's the case... Um, if Zlatan's gone, Galaxy have a huge task at hand in replacing, you know, 30 goals. I'm not saying you have to get 30 goals from one guy. Um, that's asking a lot, but you need to get, you know, two guys who are going to score you 15 goals. Uh, if Pavone ends up being a designated player, which he probably, which he's going to be if he stays with the LA Galaxy next year, which we're anticipating he will. So when he comes back, he's a designated player. The only one you have locked in is uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, right? So you have Jonathan Dos Santos and Christian Pavone. Those are the two that are locked in. Roman Alessandrini, we talked about not being a designated player next year if he stays with the LA Galaxy. So, I mean, that space is open. So the Galaxy will have an open designated player space. Uh, they have Mesut Ozil 
rumors right now, possibly to the LA Galaxy. Uh, actually, I was talking with uh, with Sophie, uh, Sophie Nicolau, of course, on, on the show on occasion, and uh, she was uh, texting me. She's like, "Did you hear about these rumors for Ozil to the uh, to the LA Galaxy?" And I go, "I haven't heard anything, but it doesn't surprise me if there's something to that." Uh, no, I don't. I don't think aging European players. I, that's not the way this new Galaxy yeah. uh, front office is I, going. I disagree. I disagree a hundred percent. They need somebody who's going to fill seats, Kevin. They absolutely, and I know people want to argue against this, but if Zla, when Zlatan Ibrahimovic leaves, you need somebody who's going to fill seats. You need somebody who's going to okay. score goals and fill seats. Tell me some abstract South American player that I don't know is going to come in and one score a ton of goals for the LA Galaxy and fill seats. At, well, uh, at... I, I think Atlanta United has filled a lot of seats without an aging European player. Congratulations. Welcome to Georgia. There's not much to do there. Go watch a soccer game. Sounds like fun. Oh, wait a minute. They got the Falcons. They, they had the they, Braves in the playoffs. That doesn't, that, trust me, I, I the, the, the perception in Los Angeles is so much different than it is in Atlanta of what you need to do. Los Angeles is a winning how, how is city. How LAFC sold out every game they've ever played because without an the, aging European superstar? They have, they have Carlos Vela, though. That's He's, he he came when he was 28. That's not it. that's that's an aging. Oh, I'm sorry. That is an aging European player. That is peak past. All right, peak at 25, 27. Uh, Ozil needs a walker. Oh, Ozil might need a walker. Absolutely. And Zlatan needed the walker. I'm not saying you have to get somebody who is 38 years old, and I'm not saying you need. But I mean, if you're going to tell me somebody in the 29, 30, 31, 32 range, I'm going to tell you absolutely. Okay. Well, here's why you're wrong. I'm not even yes. going to say I think you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. Yes. I, Ozil doesn't do that because he is a big name among soccer players, but the kind of casual fan you want to draw, I don't think is going to come out to see at Ozil. That's one. Two, you don't get rid of Zlatan in his 30 goals, and I agree with you. You don't replace those 30 goals. No one's going to score 30 goals. It's only been done three times in the history of the league, right? Uh, and he did it at 38 years old, so 37, 38. So you're not going to replace the 30 goals. But one of the reasons that, that the Galaxy, I think, would be motivated to, to see him go is because they want to play this different style, the one that Guillermo had played to great success in Argentina, and I think he wants to play that way. I don't see Ozil being able to, to, to further that. Might not I don't be able think to. I don't see him helping Guillermo make that transition. And so now you bring him in for a couple of years, you delay uh, the remaking of the Galaxy for another couple of years. You know, the, the the Galaxy are going to change the style of play, and that's why they're getting rid of Zlatan. I don't think Ozil helps that. Uh, and one thing when you talk about not replacing the 30 goals, yeah, they're not going to do it with one guy. But when you look at what Zlatan was all about, um, you know, the number of shots on goal he had, the next five players on the Galaxy roster with the shots on goal, they didn't add up to as many as Zlatan took. Uh, you know, he had more than half the team's goals. So, yeah, that's a lot to replace. But I think when you play, when you change the style of play, I think there's a chance the Galaxy uh, are going to be maybe even more dangerous offensively. My gut feeling is that the Galaxy are going to uh, take a step back next year. I think bringing in this new style of play, it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to. I don't know if the Galaxy has quite the season next year they had this season, but I think it's the right move going forward, and I don't think Mesut Ozil is going to help that. Okay, set Ozil aside. Um, if the Galaxy take a step backwards next year, Guillermo Barrescoloto won't last the end of the season. All right, you cannot, and you cannot have another step backwards. There cannot be a step backwards for next year. Um, despite putting in the, the the new system, if they're going to play a 4-3-3, which they had a lot of segments of during this season. So I think that they could have a lot of luck, um, you know, in, in terms of understanding the system and, and understanding the personnel. I also don't think that they're going to re replace, you know, so many. And I talked about this, I think, on Friday. I don't think you can just sit here and gut this team like everybody wants everything to be gutted. I think the bones have to stay in place. You have to keep guys like Joe Corona. You have to keep guys like Jonathan Dos Santos, like Sebastian Legette, like, um, you know, Christian Pavone is going to come back. Fabio Alvarez probably seems like he's a bones guy where you're going to keep this these bones together. Um, you may replace some pieces on the edges, but you cannot go through and wholesale change the way that I think everybody wants an entirely new defense. Don't don't have an entirely new defense. That's why Dan Stairs is probably going to get paid. Um, that's why Pipo Gonzalez is probably back. That's why Diego Polenta is back. And then maybe you go out and get one or two more defenders to come in and fill in around those guys. Uh, thinking that this is any sort of a rebuild and people should stop using that because it cannot be a rebuild. Uh, if the Galaxy rebuild... Guillermo Barrow-Scalotto won't survive it, and Dennis DeCloso won't survive it. I don't care if they have a roadmap that goes for the next five years. 
Um, you just can't do that in Los Angeles. It cannot happen in Los Angeles right now, especially with the climate, especially with who, with the noisy neighbors across the way. I think a guy that would be a better signing for what they want to do, and if you're talking about uh, if you need to sign a player to fill seats, man, what about Javier Hernandez? What about Chicharito? Yeah, I mean, we that's been a long rumor in terms of you know getting him to the L.A. area for a while, obviously, uh, because of the Mexican fan interest in him and uh, you know just Los Angeles as a whole, um, getting behind some of the Mexican players um, with Aurel Antuna and Jonathan Dos Santos and Carlos Vela. Uh, it would be a, a good addition, and it would be fun to see. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's a guy who they could possibly bring in and who could possibly give you some of the goals that you need. And would and would fill seats, and I, I think he might be a little more, bit more motivated. I know we've you, you've mentioned that this is, rumor's been around forever, and it has been. But the change now is he appears to have fallen out of favor with the new uh, brain trust that the Mexican national team does not appear to be a guy who has a long term future. Be completely out of the picture by the next World Cup. So at some point, he's uh, Chicharito is going to have to make the decision. Look, I need to build for the future. I need to come to LA and start the marketing machine and get all that going and set myself up for when it's over. If he's out of the national team picture, why stay over there, anonymous player in Spain? Why not come back over here and, and start to get that attention and some of the big bucks that it, everyone's always said that he's going to get if he comes here? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because uh, I think the the magnitude of the replacement for Zlatan Ibrahimovic is going to be important. Uh, there was no replacing David Beckham. You can't replace David Beckham. Uh, there was no replacing Robbie Keane just in terms of what he was uh, able to do with his time with the LA Galaxy, um, his success with the LA Galaxy, and the fact that, yeah, he put butts in seats along with Landon Donovan, but that was more of a collective thing. Really, you're looking at Zlatan Ibrahimovic and you're looking at David Beckham as two guys who you can't replace, but you have to follow up afterwards. You have to do something that attempts to to fill those seats afterwards. And it's going to come from winning, uh, and it's going to come from having those names and those important stars there. Um, so Guillermo and Dennis uh, have a very tall order to even uh, begin to approach if Zlatan Ibrahimovic isn't going to stay with the LA Galaxy, and hopefully, if that is the case, that he is gone um, as soon as, you know, that he's already told them what their plans are because the Galaxy need to start planning for what this 2020 team is going to be and they can't do it if they don't know what Zlatan is because we talk about, you know, the salary cap and things you don't know. Well, there's one thing you don't need to worry about is that basically uh, the designated player spots, I would imagine, will stay the same. And so if that's the case, they'll be able to go out and find their next designated player um, and, and bring them in to, uh, to, to this team. Um, you don't have to wait for, you know, the salary cap. They're outside the salary cap. It doesn't matter. So finding the next designated player if Zlatan is gone, um, which, again, I, I tend to lean in that direction as well at 50-50, but I'm leaning ter in terms of he's gone. If he's gone, then this is one of those areas that you have to spend a lot of time shopping and investing, investigating and going after and understanding who's going to be available in this uh, in this winter transfer window basically for the rest of the world. I think I think that Galaxy and Zlatan uh, both already know. I think they've already told each other. Um, uh, I think that's done. I think Zlatan is gone, and I think Dennis knows that. Uh, gives him $7.2 million to spend. I think probably spent some of that on trying to shore up that defense. It's obvious that's a position of need, and it's also obvious that that is a position that is is very different under the kind of form, formation they're going to want to play going forward, the kind of system. It, it becomes a very specialized position. Um, so I think they'll use some of the money there. Uh, you know, another thing, to, to just to continue this Chicharito ball rolling, because everyone's always so interested in this, uh, Dennis has a long history with Chicharito from the Mexican national team. He may be the one guy, um, you know, we know that there's been some romances with teams in MLS and they never really got very far. Maybe this is the one thing that could get that over the, over the finish line. The idea that Dennis knows how to talk to him, knows what buttons to push, um, you know, knows what Javier wants in his future. And maybe he'll be able to make that offer in Los Angeles. It's going to be an interesting time. Uh, the LA galaxy uh, in their postseason mode now. And uh, again, we're told exit interviews should take place. Sometime next week, I, I believe, is what uh, everything was uh, finally decided on, although that's still a little fluid as we're trying to figure out exactly uh, when that happens. So uh, one of the things, I don't know if I told the story on, on Friday's game, but I thought about it again this morning, is that 
it. Uh, I was standing in the in the tunnel uh, at Bank of California Stadium. Uh, I was there next to Sophie as uh, as this giant mob surrounded where uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic would eventually talk, but was not talking at currently. So Sophie and I were sort of standing back, Kevin, and you could see all the Galaxy players coming off uh, off the field, and you could see them going to the locker room, and you could see them gutted, and just you know some were some had tears in their eyes. You could just tell that uh, you know they had given everything that they could probably give on that night. That wasn't about an effort. That was about you know just not winning the game on that particular one. But I, I mentioned to Sophie and I said, you know, there are 23 other teams that that, that this is going to happen to um, this year uh, in Major League Soccer. Or next year, whenever there's 26 teams, uh, you know, there's going to be 25 teams that go through this every year. So uh, it's a shared experience basically across the entire league. There's only one team every year that ends the season happy. Um, and that just wasn't the LA Galaxy this year. And, you know, it hasn't been in the past couple of years, but they have a chance to take another step forward, I think. Um, and trying to get to that step forward with the CBA not being uh, finalized, not understanding what you're working with, and understanding that there are going to be players that leave um, that you're going to have to replace. There are going to be players who you can't come to an agreement with on contracts. There's going to be so much of this uh, that they're going to have to figure out with sort of unknown rules and limitations on and everything like that, Kevin, uh, that this offseason is going to be an extremely difficult one for the LA Galaxy front office. But you're right. I mean, the way you started the program, um, let's not get too down. I mean, the Galaxy did do better this year than last year, both in terms of the standings and in passing the eyeball test. They did make the playoffs. Guillermo's goal at the start of the season. They won a playoff game. That was kind of icing on the cake. And I think Guillermo's post-game comments after the LAFC game kind of gave the indication that he was happy with what the team had done. Uh, I, I think Dennis and, and Guillermo and the coaching staff they made some strides. They figured some things out. They know a little bit better about what they want to do going forward. So I, I, I think this was a – did they win the MLS Cup? No. Did they get to the conference final? No. But I think it was a good year. Baby steps maybe, yes. but steps forward certainly. And the last two years I think have been steps backwards. So steps forward. One more Chicharito note. He's uh, – just just so you know, uh, Sevilla's played 10 games this year. He's played in five. He's only started three, and he just scored his first goal. That sounds like a guy who's probably looking for greener pastures. It very well could be. Don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to sort of see uh, how that comes up. And, and listen, we're going to start getting rumors uh, about a whole bunch of things. Uh, you let's know, start some. But yeah, let's. So I think we just did. I think you did. Oh, you talked yeah, about Chicharito, and, the, and now everybody's going to be like, Chicharito's coming to the LA Galaxy. Uh, it'll probably get translated in Swedish because we talked about Zlatan, and now uh, now you're going to be translated to say that, that. What other big names can we talk that, about? That Chicharito, uh, David Beckham comes out of retirement, and uh, Christian Pulisic. Uh, definitely to the LA Galaxy, right? That one's going to happen. Yeah, um, Messi likes LA. He's Messi likes coming. Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, the one uh, that won't die and hasn't and was was a rumor whenever I started covering the team in 2009. Um, so yeah, all all that fun stuff. I'm sure. I think I, I really do. I honestly do believe at some point he winds up playing for Beckham in Miami. That doesn't. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, let's see if uh, just some rumblings that we're hearing. I'm hearing that there's a, a possibility of a retirement on the LA Galaxy, a uh, possibility of some other players not coming back and already having that decision being made. Um, so as soon as we get more information on that, I will be able to. But a little wow, teaser, that's it. You're right? Yeah, I know. Of people retiring, and then yep. you're not going to tell us who. Yep, that's what I do. That's what I do. Wow. I just tease. I tease and I tease. If I had the the solid information, I would say it. Um, but right now, we you have to wait for it to play out, Kevin. Come on, come on, reporter Kevin. You know how this okay, goes. Okay, well, well, I, I think, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Pontius might be one. No. Servando, I think, is retiring. I think Servando might go. Um, Juninho's retiring. The, uh, See, there they are. We, we got them all. We got them all. That was it. Good job. Way, way to go. By the way, you know, there are no player. Juninho played on the 2014 team, but no player that's been continuously with the Galaxy since the last MLS Cup. Juninho is the only one, and he left and came back. It just so it, 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 five it, years, just totally the team's totally redone. Well, we'll think about that though. Five years and and how old players are, and what happens in five years on a team, and what happens in Major League Soccer that sort of has this instability built in. Um, I bet bunch of teams change over five years. Uh, you look at five years, you know, ago on in uh, in uh, I was going to say Atlanta. They weren't around for five years. Um, uh, you know, in Seattle, just how Seattle's changed in five years. Um, so, the, yeah, there's going to be some players who carry you for a very long way. But in five years, you should see, I would guess, almost a majority of the roster gets turned. 
Um, By the way, you speak of Seattle, they've been in the playoffs 11 consecutive seasons. They've been in the playoffs every year. They've been a, a team. In Major League Soccer, yep. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And and that consistency, I mean, that's one thing the Galaxy are lacking. They, they did get to the playoffs this year without any of the guys that took them to the last MLS Cup. It, it is a different beast now. You know, getting to the playoffs, it is a different tournament. You have 34 games during the regular season. There's a rhythm to it. You get to the playoffs. Now, especially, it's one and done. The Galaxy did not have a ton of players on this team with playoff MLS playoff experience. So that's another good thing that came out of this season is they got that taste of that. Teams like like uh, Toronto and Seattle that are there every year, those guys are experienced. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about there's no one from this team five years ago. When you lose that experience of what it means to go to the postseason, that's kind of when your elder statesmen step up to become leaders. And the Galaxy don't have that because they don't have a roster of guys with playoff experience they do now all the starters here now they have two games of playoff experience under their belt the guys that come back um you know the uh, of the last playoff team in 2016 there were only three players on the galaxy roster that were on that 2016 team or that played in that playoff game in colorado romney steris and sebastian legette so the gal that's another thing the galaxy got out of this season is they got that playoff experience it's definitely going to help them next year uh we'll see how they do uh let's see as it goes for the show we are now into postseason mode postseason mode means that we have shows whenever we have information and stuff to share with you and if never we, i guess yeah i was going in some, my case sometimes nothing um that means that we might not have a show next monday it just sort of depends on how it goes i'll tell you for sure we're not going to have a show on thursday it's halloween and i don't expect there to be a ton of developments if there's developments we will have shows if not we won't um so that's sort of in, in the the space that we're in right now i would imagine and what usually happens in the off season kevin is you and i get together about once a week in order to do most of this stuff um so there's still usually enough information to do that i don't think there's going to be a ton of information until after mls cup uh whenever galaxy start announcing contracts they've kept contracts they've gotten rid of a whole bunch of different things like that um and then we start moving into that off season and then eventually you know josh has a baby so we have that as well so there's a bunch of stuff that we'll contend with but just sort of hang in there there's no real set schedule from right now um through sort of the off season and as we get closer to the beginning of uh of soccer usually that ramps up again as well speaking of the baby your yes. baby could hang out with uh, Servano Carrasco's baby because they're going to be about the same age. There you go. I, they're having a little girl, right? So see, yes. that's that's probably my son's probably going to marry, um, you know, uh, the, oh, the the Miss Carrasco, awesome. Miss Carrasco over there. So. Hey, so what are you going to be for Halloween? I am going to be uh, a dad. I think <laughs> I think that's all I'm going to do. Uh, my wife has family coming into town, um, and so they're going to come trick or treating. So I imagine that I'll be chaperoning uh, around uh, the neighborhood. That'll you know what I'm going to be? What are you going to be? panda a panda ah i should have seen that one coming i should have seen that one coming that was that was my bad everybody that was my bad hold on wait a minute panda and pato in the morning there you go like, do you need me to get that on your phone so you can walk around as a panda and never to ask you what you that are would and be, you could, that would be cool that would be perfect all right uh anything else kev you, you good no we, we gotta go before my microphone goes out again yeah let's hurry up this again. has been a show of technical difficulties those people out there in in Podland do not understand what we had to go through to get this show recorded oh i doubt i'll be able to stitch them all together perfectly i'm sure somebody paying attention will will catch it not the people who listen at one and a half times speed by the way um, those ones, those ones will probably miss it, but, uh, no, they, they can't do that. Yeah. This yeah. is something to be enjoyed. Like fine wine. Let it linger. Don't give me that Netflix argue. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have it right now. All right. Uh, Slow it down. Make yeah. it last longer. Yeah. Let's see if that works. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin, oh man. Down. And then he hits the wrong button. <laughs> is this like the perfect sort of like, just how, just whatever. If you want to find Kevin Baxter, head on over to Twitter. <laughs> At KBaxter11. I'm pretty sure that's where you find them. And if not, I don't really care anymore. It's been one of those shows. We'll get better at this when we do 700 shows. That's right. We'll just we'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> head on over to LATimes.com where you can find all of his writing uh, covering soccer in the Southland and U.S. Men's National Team, U.S. Women's National Team, all that fun stuff. If it's soccer, Kevin's probably writing an article about it. So make sure you find it at LATimes.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast, and head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We still have articles. We still have podcasts. We still have videos. We have all that fun stuff right there. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. For the panda, Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Pato Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.